faithwire.com. Russia appears to unleash a massive cyber attack on Ukraine as tensions loom and NATO releases a statement on the whole situation. We'll have that top story and more. Today's Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. I'm Dan Andros, and this is the 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. You can find us on iTunes. Go ahead and give us a subscribe, leave a rating, all that fun stuff. Uh, we'd love to have you with us. With me today, Tragons Phillips from CBN's Faithwire.com, Billy Hallowell, normally with us. I think he's skiing today. <laughs> um, but he should be back uh, tomorrow. So uh, with a look at what's coming up. Trey, happy Wednesday. What's going on? Yeah, happy Wednesday. I'm missing Billy, but yeah. it's okay. Uh, he'll be back with us. Yeah, we'll get um, over it. We'll get over it. Yeah, we'll work <laughs> through it. Um, so I'm going to be talking about uh, One Million Moms. They're condemning uh, an ad um, that was just released by Zillow uh, because it has a same-sex couple. And they're, they're talking about how so many places are normalizing sin. But before we get into that, a bigger story that uh, hasn't gotten a whole lot of attention but is starting to get some attention is what's happening in San Francisco and their school board. Uh, they've had a huge recall. Uh, so I'm going to start actually right there with this story and we'll just uh, we'll dive right in. Yeah. So um, this was a, a, a recall effort that was launched right after the members of the school board in San Francisco back in 2020. I know it's a long time ago now. It seems like an eternity. But uh, in 2020, they launched an effort to rename 44 schools uh, in the city after people that they said were tied to racism. So just a refresher among the people who were tied to racism and, uh, and systemic racism, uh, more specifically, were Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, uh, and even current sitting Senator Dianne Feinstein. All three of them um, were among the 44 uh, schools that needed to be renamed. That effort was not popular at all. Uh, they were immediately rebuked by other school board members, other politicians in the city, uh, and most importantly, they were rebuked uh, by parents who essentially accused them of rearranging uh, the deck chairs on the Titanic. Because remember, this was happening uh, at the height of the pandemic. Schools had been closed for weeks and weeks on end. Parents were struggling uh, to teach their kids at home and also continue to do, you know, juggle their job and other responsibilities uh, when no one knew what was going on. And I'm, you know, it's San Francisco, uh, everywhere was restrictive, but big areas like San Francisco, Cisco, New York City, they were locked down in ways that were more restrictive than most of, uh, of the other places in the country. Um, so there was a lot of condemnation because they were saying the school board could deal with so many issues like getting schools reopened, <laughs> but this is what they're focusing on. Uh, so ultimately, the school board members decided to scrap the effort quietly. Um, after uh, not just local pushback, but also nationwide pushback. We covered it here at CBN News and Faithwire.com. I know several other outlets had, had covered it, and, and you know all eyes were kind of on the San Francisco school board uh, when it came to this issue. So they decided to quietly walk that issue back. Uh, but it appears to be too little too late. Uh, right after that, like I said, the recall effort was started, uh, and it finally happened this week, and it was a uh, shellacking. Hmm. Uh, so the three ringleaders of the anti-racist push were overwhelmingly recalled, uh, and here's the crux of the story. So the most front-facing member, Commissioner Allison Collins, she was recalled by a broad margin. 78% voted yes on recalling her. This is in San Francisco, uh, and 21% voted against recalling her. Um, so this is just a little bit of history about Collins. She faced scrutiny uh, last year, I think it was in March of last year, uh, for 
derogatory tweets that she had posted in 2016 that resurfaced uh, about Asian Americans uh, and about anti-Trump uh, comments that uh, she was made derogatory comments to uh, about black Americans who voted for and supported the Republican Party or specifically Donald Trump. Um, so the backlash stemmed from her successful effort to get rid of a merit-based system uh, at Lowell High School that moved from a, 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 like I said, they moved away from the merit-based system, which was, you know, if you get higher test scores, obviously, then you have a, a chance to get in to this prestigious, it's a public school, but a, a prestigious high school in the area. Uh, they moved to a lottery system, uh, basing admission, admissions no longer on your performance, but just on, you know, random Selection. She said that the shift had to be made because uh, a, a merit-based system props up pervasive systemic racism. Uh, interestingly, a lot of minorities at the time, a lot of Asian minorities in the area, and even Hispanic minorities, I believe, if I'm recalling correctly, but certainly Asian uh, Asian minorities, they were not in favor at all of this shift because there were several who spoke out and said, "I went to Lowell High School and it." it transformed my life because I, there was one woman I remember I was reading up on it earlier today, Dan, who said she was actually depressed and was dealing with suicidal ideation. Uh, and the one thing that kept her going was knowing, hey, if I can get my scores up high enough and I can perform well enough, then I can transition to this mm. better school. Uh, and she ultimately did transition to that school and she credits her time, the teachers there, uh, for changing her perspective uh, because she said, I was able to go there and I was able to exceed academically and it gave me a purpose and I did well. And she said, now I'm worried that others, uh, you know, Asian, black, white, Hispanic, whatever. She said, others are not going to be able to be afforded that same opportunity because now it's just a lottery system, uh, you know, and they do it in the name of, of ending racism and equity and all that. But she said, really, it's going to do more harm than good. So all that to say, Collins has has been uh, drawing a lot of ire for a lot of different reasons. So that certainly factors into the the, the wide margin I was referencing. Uh, the other re- uh, recalled school members were the president and the vice president. Uh, and interestingly, uh, San Francisco Mayor London Breed, uh, she backed the recall effort and she mm-hmm. praised the results. Uh, she said parents who organized the effort were fighting for what matters most, their children. She said the voters of the city have delivered a clear message that the school board must focus on the essentials of delivering a well-run school system uh, above all else. Like, as far as why it matters, I think we're coming off two plus years of of parents, Dan, who are seeing uh, all that's going on in public schools and in the public school system. They've been uh, to school board meetings. We've we've covered that issue at Faithwire a, a whole lot. And we're seeing a huge number of people migrating from public schools to homeschooling and to private schooling. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm thinking that this is this should be. I don't know if it will be because even uh, Collins and others are still sticking the sticking to their talking points and, and digging their heels in. But uh, this should be a, a wake up call uh, that if this kind of shellacking can happen in San Francisco, uh, you know, mm. maybe read the tea leaves because it's certainly happening yeah. in other places as well. Oh man, that is the shocking thing for sure about this story. And you look at those margins and it is stunning. And yeah. and you're seeing this shift, Trey. I know you talked about it on this podcast, I think last week, probably ahead of when the wave started coming about. The midterms are coming. Meaning <laughs> yeah. that basically uh, they, they're ha- going to have to see and make a choice. Am I going to continue these talking points that we thought were popular here over the last two years? Are they really popular? Are we going to continue them? I.e. mask mandates, um, all the social justice issues that we're seeing, 
pop up in schools, the systemic racism, those sorts of um, ideas and theories and, and, and philosophies that are being taught now about how, you know, America is this systemically racist country and it's popping up in schools, critical race theory. And the response to that from Democrats in general has been, oh, no, they're just that's not what they're teaching. They're just teaching history that's making these racist Republicans uncomfortable. That's been sort of the generic defense mode on it. And I think, yeah, you know, and maybe we're reading too much into this. Maybe San Francisco is unique. I don't know. But it sure looks like I, I, I'm sure you have a lot of people who have been pushing those narratives look at these results and go, oh, goodness, this is even less popular than I thought. And as evidence, L Mayor London Breed is just out there and not giving any support to these candidates, not not going, you know what? Damn the torpedoes. We need to keep teaching this because it's important. No, no, they just they're jumping ship. They're out of yeah. there. So uh, if that's a sign, it's a, if it's a harbinger of things to come, uh, Democrats could be in for a rough go uh, this coming you know, November. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think that there's, um, you know, I don't know what want to read too much into it, but I definitely think that there is a shift happening because even in Virginia, where I am, uh, with the last time a Republican won a statewide race was 2009. Mm. Uh, and Glenn Youngkin, the Republican, just won the election and largely on education. Like that was what he talked about. And yeah. I, I think, too, we kind of get we use CRT as a probably way too broad of a term uh, because a right. CRT is one of the issues, but also sexuality oh, yeah. and, and, and the gender issue and the transgender debate. So it's not just one issue, right? It's a whole ton like of a full blown uh, assault. Yes, on, on a exactly. Whole bunch of different fronts. And, and then when the response is just kind of a, ah, oh, these, that's just Republicans. Like the parents are actually seeing these things. They're seeing their, their kids bring home this stuff or talk to them about, issues like this and this is what's happening at school so when i don't think you can underestimate the mama bear mentality <laughs> when yes. they see something that their own kid brings home and says look at this mom and the mom's irate and then the politician turns around and says oh stop it and gaslights them just, just like, that's it's, not happening it's nothing that's just that's not crt or anything like that it's just it's just history uh, people are not going to take well to that. And I think in San Francisco, I mean, I think the whole country was like, what? When, when they were trying to, you know, change the name of Abraham Lincoln High. I mean, the guy who emancipated the slaves and freed yeah. the slaves essentially in America uh, to, to take him down seems like it would be racist the other way. But yeah. uh, <laughs> like actually racist, right? Um, and so... Uh, you know, uh, to to have that, the numbers bear out the way it does. To me, that shows these parents are fed up with being told what, you know, they're not seeing what they're actually seeing with their own eyes. Yeah. And just that I know this one didn't get a whole lot of play, but the renaming the Diane Feinstein school, high school. <laughs> I mean, like she she's a, in your corner on every single one of these issues. Right. But you need right. to. <laughs> so that one just doesn't make sense. At all, but right. yeah, definitely <laughs> renaming Abraham Lincoln High School is just seems crazy. Yeah, it does. So, I mean, definitely worth uh, keeping an eye on this trend. Um, yeah. The school board issues, I know, like I said, people have tried to dismiss it as a defense, but we'll see how, how you know, frustrated parents actually are uh, mm. when the elections come around. Yep. Uh, but all right. Thanks for that. We're going to head over now to Ukraine. 
And the tension has been building. Uh, our own George Thomas from CBN is over there. Uh, we talked to him. He's been he's been making the rounds on the on the CBN shows, giving updates. You can check out his reports on our social media channels, on Facebook, on YouTube, um, and on the CBN News YouTube channel. Uh, you'll see him there giving his reports from on the ground in Ukraine. And uh, here's what you need to know, though. They uh, NATO, the defense ministers, they release a statement today on the situation in and around Ukraine. And here's some of what they said. They said, we're gravely concerned by the very large scale, unprovoked, unjustified Russian mil- military buildup in and around Ukraine and Belarus. We urge Russia in the strongest possible terms to choose the path of diplomacy and to immediately reverse its buildup and withdraw its forces from Ukraine in accordance with international obligations and commitments, et cetera, et cetera. And they, they talk about how they're committed to diplomacy, but they're not going to back down uh, from this threat. And they talked about how Russia's actions pose a serious threat to the Euro-Atlantic security. And so as a consequence, that's forcing them uh, to put their military assets in position. And, uh, and so they just kind of committed that they are standing firm on this and they're not happy about this buildup. And uh, some other things going on. George talked about the buildup that was happening. There's mixed reports on what Russia plans to do. They deny that they're going to actually be attacking, but uh, no, no one's exactly taking Russia at their word here at this point. And there also was a high-volume cyber attack yesterday on several Ukrainian websites that temporarily blocked access to these websites, including uh, their essentially their Department of Defense was down for a large portion of yesterday. And they called it the largest such attack in the history of Ukraine. And while there's no smoking gun of who did it, I, I think, you know, all eyes are kind of pointing to Russia on this one. And um, what they did was they had all this phony traffic that they sort of ginned up. And I don't really know how they do it technically, but they send all this phony web traffic to these sites and they call it coordinated plan and it shuts them down uh, because they can't handle the massive influx of of web traffic, even though it's fake. Uh, And so, like I said, the Ministry of Defense from Ukraine was down for part of the day. They're reportedly back up today. Uh, and of course, this is all going on. Everyone's kind of, again, no evidence yet that that's Russia. The U.S. is investigating that cyber attack from yesterday. But this is all happening as Russia's got about 150,000 troops around Ukraine on the border. Um, and, you know, while they're not saying they're Russia is saying they're not going to invade. I mean, it's sure. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. And, you know, um, as George had explained on 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 our YouTube channel, the, the motivations behind Russia. I mean, they very much view um, large portions of Ukraine as part of the motherland. And so um, that is on their agenda. Uh, also, U.S. Navy aircraft had a, quote, extremely close encounter with multiple Russian military jets over the Mediterranean on the weekend. The Pentagon said that the fighter jets buzzed U.S. Navy spy planes three times last weekend. Uh, this is all again while the standoff is Uh, going on so the tensions are high our man george uh, thomas is there in ukraine and he is uh, giving live updates on that and it's kind of at a standstill right now those were the latest sort of tidbits that have come in right now but um a lot riding on this on what putin decides Mm -hmm. to do next if he actually is just posturing 
and kind of doing a, hey, look over here while he, he does all these cyber attacks or if he's actually going to go in and go for it this time. But you hear the comments from NATO. They're standing firm. Um, the U.S. obviously involved to some extent. Um, you know, it was just a few months ago that we gave hundreds of millions of dollars of military equipment to Ukraine to sort of assist them uh, for a situation like this. So obviously a tense situation that we're praying for a peaceful resolution. But, um, you know, why does it matter for obvious reasons? Um, we're connected to this. The globe's connected to this. We'd all feel the repercussions of it if something were to go down. Yeah, I mean, we're already, you know, feeling some of yeah. it with gas prices, oh, yeah. right? I mean, that's uh, that's an issue that's... Uh, played right into this the tension with russia and ukraine is 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 a factor in why gas is now you know three three dollars and change in a lot of places and even higher in other places so uh, yeah there's there's no doubt that we would all feel the repercussions of it but something dan that i've thought is really cool to see and we've got video of it on our cbn youtube channel and it's on uh, the faithwire facebook page and the cbn news facebook page uh, is the christians who are really standing up uh, and not backing down with their yeah. faith and saying, look, we're going to stand firm in what we believe, even though our future uh, is uncertain. And that's scary. Like when your your actual future, like the, the land that you live on is uh, shaken, like you're not mm -hmm. certain that tomorrow is going to look, uh, you're not, you know, you don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. So uh, I would encourage anybody listening to go over to our Facebook, our Facebook page, uh, or like I said, the CBN news YouTube page, and you can watch a video of a pastor uh, just praying over the situation. And I believe he was just a few miles away from the Russian border yeah, yeah. Uh, when he was praying. It's just a, a really powerful, um, video to see, to know that there are, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ uh, who are there and they're standing firm in their faith. It's really encouraging to us, I think, over here in the West when, you know, our day-to-day -day life is, in comparison, is not that uncertain, uh, you know, a lot of, to, for most of us, uh, there, you know, there are situations where it is very uncertain, but for, for most of us, uh, our life is pretty set and we're very blessed. Uh, so it was just a, a good reminder of the blessings we have here. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And, um, you know, I saw similar things when I was in Haiti, Iraq, as part of different stories that I reported on. When you see Christians there in these hot zones and desperate situations, it, it really you, it hits you, the faith, in a whole different way than you can possibly experience here in the comforts of America. Even with our struggles, you just can't. Yeah, You know, you, you can't replicate what it's like when you truly feel like, okay, I am 100% have no control over this whatsoever, you know, and, and Haiti, you don't know where your next meal is coming from, right? A lot of people right. there. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, it's a disaster. There's no security there. You don't know if you're safe. It's just, you're totally reliant on God and it's obvious you're relying on God. We're relying on God here, but you know, we, uh, well, Recently, the grocery stores are looking a little bare, but, you know, we've got grocery stores. <laughs> yeah. We've got all this, yes. you know, we got police. Well, at least for now. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if we're heading in the right direction now that I walk through some of these things, right? But anyway, yeah. um, you know, relatively speaking, compared to some of these other countries, kidding aside, I mean, we have it really great, right? Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it is always encouraging to see Christians in situations like that, um, yeah. really, really relying on their faith. Yeah, you know, that reminds me, we should probably do... Um an update on the situation in Haiti and what's going on yeah. there and look into some more on that because I know I'm curious about it. So I imagine a lot of people listening are oh, wondering, absolutely. you know, yeah. what's going on with believers there and you know, what the situation is Indeed. like there. So we'll have to dig into that story yeah. a little bit more. Good call. Absolutely.
Um, so, all right, I want to talk a little bit about One Million Moms, uh, which is a branch of the faith-based American Family Association. They're condemning a recent ad. It wasn't a Super Bowl ad, uh, but it is a new ad uh, from the real estate platform Zillow uh, for what they said is attempting to normalize sin. Uh, so the ad features a same-sex couple. Uh, and this is what uh, One Million Moms said in their statement. Zillow should be ashamed of their latest commercial for attempting to normalize sin by featuring two women together. The newest commercial for Zillow features two women playfully and lovingly uh, caressing and tickling each other's hands. This commercial promotes same-sex relationships uh, and the LGBTQ agenda. Uh, One Million Moms went on to say that the sexual perversion in the ad contradicts Romans one twenty six through 27 uh, which states, for this reason... God delivered them over to disgraceful passions. Their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. Uh, The men in the same way also left natural relations with women and were inflamed in their lust for one another. Men committed shameless acts with men uh, and received in their own persons the appropriate penalty uh, of their error. Um, So yeah, this one's not a a big long story, but I think the the thing that struck me, Dan, in it is um, that I was kind of it was like, oh, I wonder why they're releasing a statement about this ad. This happens all the time. Like every company has a, a pro LGBTQ ad. Uh, and it just made me think maybe maybe we're a little bit too uh, numb to it at this point. Uh, we should still be uh, not necessarily like shocked and like outraged, but we should still be aware uh, when we're seeing ads or watching TV shows or hearing music or whatever that's, uh, that's not in align, uh, alignment with God's design, right? His, his design for sexuality for gender identity, for all of that. It was just a good reminder to me uh, that there is a lot happening in the secular world that's against God's design. So we need to be careful what it is that we're consuming. Uh, We shouldn't be upset when we see organizations, Christian organizations calling out this stuff because it's worth calling out. We need to talk about it and discuss it. Um, So it was just a good a good reminder for me, and I thought it was good to bring up because so many shows nowadays, uh, we've talked about it so much here on the podcast, are either pushing some sort of uh, racial reconciliation agenda, which would be fine, except for they're doing it without, uh, you know, the the truth of the gospel. Yeah. We're creating some sort of other remedy, which en- ends up only causing more division, as we've seen over the last few years. Uh, so when we take all of this stuff and we pull God's design out of it, uh, it just ends up falling apart. So, you know, it, it, it's just a, it was a, a good reminder for me uh, to see that it's important to still call this stuff out, not to be outraged, not to be hateful, uh, but to call it out for what it is, which is against the, the way that God yeah. ordered us to be. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, when you look at it, it's like you, you shouldn't be shocked, number one. I mean, we see it not just in the Zillow ad, but I mean, this is sort of agenda has been, you know, kind of influxed and infused into lots of different areas. I mean, it's everywhere yeah. and you do see it on mainstream companies. Now um, I, you've probably noticed this, but if you watch an ad for, I, I can't even think of a brand off the top of my head, but like a bank or something in there, we give loans to everyone. And like, they'll show couples like going into a new house or something and, and, and it'll be this couple and that couple. Then the third one's a gay couple, right? Like they, it's just this obvious effort to try to, you know, make the uh culture view this as well oh yeah well okay yeah of course obviously that's you know that's normal um so you're right and if you don't i mean you know christians um you know as we often talk about on faith versus culture that show you you look at the areas that intersect and if you don't stand up to your point and at least point it out right um because we shouldn't expect secularists 
to, um, you know, follow along to God's rules and God's laws and God's ideals. But yeah. uh, if you don't call it out and at least point out where they're going off the rails, well, then, uh, you know, Christians down the line may be susceptible to it. I mean, if you look at in the Bible, it doesn't take long for it doesn't take many generations for them to have, you know, no clue of, uh, of, you know, things. I mean, just looking at, you know, the story of Joseph, you know, in a couple generations down the line, you know, they don't even know who Joseph is. It's like, this is the guy that like got you through this whole famine and, uh, you know, stored up all the grain. He was, you know, the Pharaoh's right-hand man, number two in charge. And then a couple generations later, nobody knows who he is. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so, uh, yeah, so it can go away quickly, I guess, is the point there. But definitely worth, uh, you know, good to see people that are willing to uh, stand up for those values. Yeah, and I think too, we can't expect people who are not, who haven't been transformed by the Holy right. Spirit to align with what we believe. So I think maybe in, in these instances, it's more important to call it out so that we as believers can recognize it. Because I know this was several days ago now, but the, the Super Bowl halftime show, uh, there was a lot of of really, you know, scantily clad women yeah. who are dancing in sexually suggestive ways. But now it's something that even among my friend group of Christians, it's not that not that we're okay with it, but you almost don't even recognize it. Like you don't see the objectification of women uh, in in secular music anymore as an issue because you, you, it's just kind of white noise. You don't notice it because we see it so often. Um, that's another thing, actually, that One Million Moms, they have a petition up about that saying that it just uh, is, is disgusting to see the objectification of women. Uh, and it's something that we don't talk about, even in the secular world, which is supposed to be all about empowering women. Yet this is happening and we don't talk about it. Um, so look, I think it's, it, it's just as important, if not to call it out for the secular world to see, it's important to call it out so that we as believers can step back and say, uh, maybe I need to stop watching that, or maybe I shouldn't be giving my money to this, you know, whatever you, you can make that decision for yourself. Yeah. Um, but it's good to present, to put the facts in front of us so that we can see, okay, let me make a wise decision that, you know, a gospel in, informed decision about whether I'm going to continue to consume this kind of content or not. Mm, yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, well, Hey, one more, I wanted to put in there, uh, Trey, before we head out, and that is the story we have up on Faithwire. It's up on CBN as well. Um, the granddaughter of country legend Loretta Lynn kind of gives her testimony. Uh, her name's Taylor Lynn, and she uh, talks about you know growing up in that family, and then how she ended up suffering you know after the her parents' divorce because she kind of grew up in like the limelight of all that celebrity. And then when her parents divorced, she um, sort of turned to alcohol, and then there was some abuse going on as well. And um, it spiraled out of control, but she talks about how God never left her. And um, it's, just, it's just a really you know great story because I know addiction is one of those things that, uh, and, and abuse are things that a lot of people are dealing with. And so when you see someone who's come through the other side uh, with their faith intact, with their life intact, it's, it's, I think, encouraging for a lot of people. Yeah, I actually didn't know really anything about Taylor Lynn's either. <laughs> faith background at all. I, you know, I, I didn't really know her at all, much yeah. less about her faith story. So it's, it's definitely a story worth checking out. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. It's over on uh, the website now. Uh, and as always, you can head on over to CBNnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian story and a Christian perspective and more stories like that um, that, are, that are uplifting uh, in, in the end. So... All right, that is all we have for this Wednesday. You're halfway home, everyone. More than halfway <laughs> home. Your Wednesday's over. I know it's only the afternoon, but hey, it's basically over. So, right. all right, 
We'll see you back here tomorrow on Thursday. 